0: The Black and White Network now proudly presents Moms Across America, a new program where women can speak their minds openly and freely without fear of reprisal. Moms Across America is about the issues of the day confronting America from a mom's point of view. And now, here are the moms.
1: Hello, Moms Across America. Welcome to another edition. This is Kathleen Fitzgerald. My other two co hosts are on location. Today, we have a very special special guest, um, a doctor from um, Long Island, New York. His name is Dr. Daniel J. Holler, MD. He's a general surgeon practicing in, in Long Island. And the reason why we have him here is because we want to explain, we, well, we want him to explain to us in common language so that we can all understand what the Nose Surprise Act is and why there's been a lawsuit filed um, against the Biden administration. So welcome to the show, um, Dr. Holler. I really appreciate you being on the show.
2: Thank you. Uh, So as always, as doctors have always been, we are advocates for the patients. Uh, We come into work every day, hoping to do the best for them and to do the best job and to make sure that they get the care and the quality of care that they so deserve. Uh, What the No Surprises Act, and we'll, we'll go through a little bit of the nitty gritty soon if you'd like, but what the No Surprises Act essentially is doing is it's claiming this is a public safety issue because they are claiming that doctors are bankrupting patients and going after their homes for the balance bill when they are surprise bills, meaning they're an out-of-network or non-participating provider, when in reality, if that happens, it is such a percentage of a percentage. Um, What is going to happen if the No Surprises Act gets uh, implemented as it stands today is that the access to healthcare, and especially emergency healthcare, is going to be limited to patients in regions What that means for people is that imagine going to a hospital and having appendicitis, but there's no surgeon that's on call because nobody wants to take call, and you have to be transported 40, 50, 80, 100 miles away just to get your surgery. So these are things that are currently potential for what would happen if the No Surprises Act in this form continues. We're already seeing similar movements in the plastic surgery world Uh, plastic surgeons are refusing to cover hospitals and emergency rooms in long island new york Uh, if they don't have a benefit to coming in that's you know yes we want to take care of people but at some point you do have to pay your overhead and if there's no financial benefit to them to come in in the middle of the night to stop their office hours during the day what have you they have all gotten together and said we are just not going to cover emergency rooms anymore. Um, if your kid comes in in the middle of the night and they need something, you can put a bandage on them, send them to their office and they'll wait with everybody else or you can have the ER doc suture them up if that's really what you want. And the No surprises Act doesn't even allow you to say to the to the plastic surgeon, I'll pay you cash. Come into the emergency room. it, it, it doesn't even allow them that. It doesn't allow the patients to circumvent, which is kind of odd. If you, as an individual, want certain care and are willing to pay for it, the government's telling you, no, you can't have that. Um, so what the No Surprises Act is, essentially, doctors, hospitals, we don't, we don't object to it. We want the patients who come in for an emergency service, we want their bills paid. We actually don't want them to have to pay anything, not even a cent. We want the insurance companies, who's a third party in this, who's taking everybody's money and not paying out the claims or not paying for what's supposed to be paid for, making a ton of profit. We want them to pay. Doctors would be so happy if they never had to send a patient a bill.
0: Yeah, I, I could I could understand that, Doctor. This is Dan Perkins. I'm the executive producer for the show and, and uh, I'm filling in for our traveling ladies. Uh, uh, thank you again for joining us. Um, I I want to say something, and I I need you to correct me if I have the wrong characterization. Sure. But it it seems to me that the way you have described it is typical European
2: socialized medicine. That is where we're potentially heading. And just like in Europe, where you have private hospitals that are cash paying, that if you want the better quality care, that's where you go. That's where I foresee places in America going where now you truly will have a two-tiered system, and not just the commercial insurance and the Medicaid uh, plans, but here it's truly two-tiered in which you either use your insurance and potentially have longer waits and inferior quality care, or you go and pay cash to a doctor who will not do anything unless you've already paid him up front. And that is not ideal. It's not ideal for many reasons, but as physicians who train for years and years, some of us, this is our calling since we're four or five years old, we don't want to be in the business end of medicine. We want to go in, do our jobs, and know we can make a nice living. Uh, Unfortunately, though, the system has made it difficult for us. Uh, Medicare keeps decreasing our rates. Medicare put an eight and a half percent reduction to physician reimbursements in 2023. You add that to the seven to nine percent inflation, talking about close to 15% reduction in your total overall spending power from your take home money. And at some point there has to be a give. Now, no one's gonna cry for doctors who according to the current standards, or let's say within the top 5% of earners in the country. But the trickle down is people will cry for the fact that they lost access to healthcare and to quality healthcare. Now, throughout Europe and in Canada, You need your hip replaced your knee replaced the cancer surgery you're waiting three four six months sometimes if not longer we don't want to see that happen in america we want to see people get care immediately we want to see them get their mris approved and done within a week not to be told you got to wait six months to get your mri and unfortunately we're seeing especially over the last year and a half in my office and i know some of my colleagues will say the same thing We're seeing insurance companies push back, forget about the payments to doctors, paying for things the patients need. So I have someone on the other end who's not a physician telling me that the CAT scan that I want is not approved because it's not indicated. I'm the one who went to school. I'm the one who sacrificed seven, eight, nine years of my good young years to be in residency training, working 100 plus hours a week. And I have someone on the side who's not trained at all, who's telling me what I can or cannot do for my patients. I had one patient who waited over six months for his CAT scan to be approved. Sometimes I want a CAT scan and they tell me, we don't think you need a CAT scan, get an ultrasound first. So these patients end up going back and back and back to these imaging places to get studies they don't need because someone on the other side is telling me that they know what the right test for the person is. It's becoming worse. I I don't know if you've heard of instances in your circles, but I have someone that's close to me who was on a migraine medication for four years after trying all these other medications, and this specific one worked. And now she's being told, you got to find a new one. We're no longer covering this medication. How do they have the right to do that? Insurance companies. It's not on the pharmacy. I know there's a lot of talk against big pharma, and they charge all this money. But the truth is, at the end of the day, if the insurance companies paid for the products that we needed, we wouldn't have a big bill from Big Pharma. United Health Group, United Healthcare, one of the largest uh, providers of healthcare insurance in the United States, uh, boasted the first quarter last year of 2022 $5 billion in profit, record breaking for them. It just so happens that coincides with when the No Surprises Act went into effect. And they just stopped paying doctors. So,
0: Doctor, uh, let me, let me, uh, uh, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I'll, let me ask a question, and then I'll,
2: I'll turn it over to Kathleen. Sure. Um, who's behind this? Uh, so uh, the No Surprises Act itself was worked on by bipartisans in Congress and by physicians and by the American Medical Association and possibly some other smaller groups. And the way it was voted on and approved was not the way it's being implemented the way it was voted on and approved was that if you have a surprise bill and the insurance company did not pay what you were expecting you can take it to an arbitration group that is set up by the federal government and they promised to have enough of them so that the volume of complaints that came in would be satisfied within 30 days and uh They would look at the usual and customary rate that's been paid over the last, you know, who knows how many years in each region. And based on that, they would come up with what they thought was a fair payment and hold the insurance companies to that. What happened in October, around October of 2022, sorry, of 2021, was that the Biden administration pushed that they no longer have to look at the usual and customary rate that was paid in the past. All they have to look at for a benchmark of what the insurance company is responsible to pay is the in-network rate. And you're thinking, what, what, what do you mean in network rate? You're out of network doctors providing an emergency service. Why should you get the same as an in-network doctor who's doing only elective operations? But this is what the federal government, under Biden's rule, pushed for that you do an emergency surgery in the middle of the night, save a life, holiday weekend nights, three o'clock in the morning. You will get the same as an in-network doctor doing an elective operation and who controls these in-network rates the insurance companies control the in-network rates so if everyone is only getting paid in-network rates what stops the insurance company from saying to the doctors you know what we're decreasing our in-network rates by 15 percent what, what stops them doctors can't say well we're going to leave the network because if they leave the network they won't get the referrals. And if they do out of network, they'll only get the in network rates. So this gives all the leverage back to the insurance companies to completely control the pricing system of healthcare as we know it. Dr. Rowe, this sounds dangerous. About two, about two minutes, Kathleen.
1: Okay. Yeah, it just sounds dangerous. Well, you just answered my question to explain the independent dispute resolution process. And, um, what is, what's different? I mean, I'm confused and I bet you a lot of moms across America are confused about this too. So we'll just spend the next half of the show trying to disseminate this information for, for them so that they can try to navigate um, effectively for their children and their families. Um, You know, again, folks, Here in Moms Across America, we want to try to bring to you doctors that are standing their ground, doctors that are speaking out against this, I would say, socialized communism type of regime medicine that they want us to all be on. And I, frankly, I've got clients because I do massage, and they're telling me the same thing. So this is happening. I am experiencing it here on the ground. I've got boots on the ground here. And I'm thinking that we need to keep digging at this and bringing this information. So that's why I really salute you, Dr. Haller, mm-hmm. for coming on the show and speaking out because uh, it's it's not a very safe place for you guys to be. And, and so with that, let's go to break and then we'll come right back with Dr. Haller. And, We'll have him go into the lawsuit a little bit about that and and give us some information, maybe some timelines. Maybe moms can get on board and try to speak out to and, and help these doctors because this isn't about good health care and our health or safety, our longevity at all, because yeah. it seems like it's just mostly about or maybe all about profits. Uh, And our Biden administration is is heading this in the lead, which is very disturbing to me. So with that, we'll be back in just a minute.
0: Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added 46 billion dollars to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call 1-855-435-2066. Dr.
1: Um, Daniel Haller here, MD. He's a general surgeon practicing in Long Island and he's speaking out about the No Surprise Act. So Dr. Heller, I've got a question for you. Can you go into a little bit about the lawsuit that was filed? Any timelines for moms across America, any activation that we can do here as boots on the ground to help the doctors across America, uh, kind of, I guess, put, throw a wrench in these plans. Um, that, I think that would be a good way to put it because we've got to stop this. Um, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I know that we've thrown a ranch and, and plans before, and it's been effective because you know what? Moms and dads, grandparents, we are the power. We have a lot of power. And so, uh, with that, again, a little bit about the lawsuit that's filed and then some timelines and maybe some activation for Moms Across America.
2: Sure, so uh, briefly let's let's start this uh, discussion by saying that America has the, currently the greatest healthcare in the world. We don't have a healthcare problem in America. We have a health insurance problem in America. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're fighting with the No Surprises Act. Um, my lawsuit is only one of many lawsuits uh, the the lawsuit that's made the most ground has been the Texas lawsuit with the Texas Medical Association. Uh, they actually got an injunction uh, passed uh, against use of the in-network rate, which we'll call the QPA. That's what they refer to it as as the only deciding factor or the most heavily decided factor in determining how doctors should be reimbursed for their services. Uh, so there's an injunction against that. Uh, Unfortunately, that injunction just means that it kicks the can down the road. It doesn't mean that they're going to pay the doctors. It just means that everything is now standstill until it gets resolved. Um, There's only so long that doctors can hold out without getting any revenue whatsoever. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, But our lawsuit in particular, you know, we we had contracted with the firm uh, to to uh, put forth this action uh, from New York. Uh, hoping that we would be able to have a judge that would understand the background and at least form another injunction against using the No Surprises Act in general so that uh, we would be able to continue to bill and collect uh, and the insurance companies would continue to pay as they used to. Um, Unfortunately, our No Surprises Act lawsuit uh, fell on a judge who in the oral arguments told us that she is not looking to make any changes to the current policies uh, and the statutes because she believes this is a public interest uh, uh, matter, and she believes the government did what was right. This No Surprises Act was disguised as a public interest matter, when in fact, it's all about greed on the behalf of the insurance companies. Because if you think about it, if there's a pool of money that patients give towards healthcare, that pool of money is gonna get distributed one of two ways. It'll either be distributed to the people giving the healthcare, or it'll be distributed to the insurance companies. What the No Surprises Act does is it sways that pool of money to stay in the pockets of the insurance companies instead of being paid out to the physicians and other practitioners that are actually providing the healthcare. So the judge in New York uh, she uh, dismissed the entire case. Uh, there were different sections of the case, different points. Some were uh, uh, dismissed with prejudice, which means that we can no longer bring that back, and some were dismissed without prejudice, meaning when something changes in the future, we can bring it back. Uh, we subsequently moved to a different firm, uh, and this new firm feels that not only was the judge incorrect in her uh, assessment, but also in in her review of the case and her determination, uh, there are things that she did not take into matter and to effect, even though they were discussed during the oral arguments uh, and on paper. So uh, we're now taking it to the appeals process, and we should be in the uh, we should have submitted our appeal within the next couple of weeks, uh, and we should hopefully be hearing back from them within I would probably say two to three months as to the next hearing date hopefully if if it gets accepted um we'll continue to fight both federally and locally we're having some trouble in new york now with uh the new elected governor kathy hokel she's destroying healthcare as we know it currently um, there's probably the best uh insurance plan in the united states called the Nisha plan or the empire plan um, it's made of a bunch of union uh, uh unions that kind of came together under this one New York State regulated plan. Uh, what she's trying to do is minimize the payments to physicians, uh, probably to help fund her Buffalo Bill Stadium, which is going to cost a couple of billion dollars. Uh, so she made some promises to some of the union leaders uh, in order to decrease uh, the NYSHIP plans uh, access to healthcare, and she's basically cutting out the ability for them to use any out-of-network doctors um, the union most union members that take this that have this plan they don't even know this is coming they come to my office and I tell them by the way did you know that your governor is doing this and they said absolutely not I and then I asked them did you get a reduction in your union dues they said no in fact they went up four five six percent so here we have dues going up your benefits going down and where is that money going because it's not coming to the doctors anymore it's not coming to the physicians anymore so the no surprises act the new york state surprise bill laws these are all intended to protect the patient but the way they stand now they're actually hurting them because they're hurting their access to quality care Uh, there are hospitals there's one hospital in Long Island that lost, actually two, two hospitals in Long Island that lost their entire anesthesia team because the anesthesia team could no longer afford to provide services to the hospital. And they needed to consolidate, let go of some of their and nurse anesthetists and some of their uh, even surgeons, uh, even some of their doctor staff, because the reimbursements were so low that they could not afford to stay in multiple places at the same time. and. If you want to just small reference point as to what low means, straight Medicaid pays for a unit fifteen to twenty dollars. A unit is a half hour. So if I take someone to the operating room and take out their appendix and it takes me one hour to do the procedure, I will get about three hundred dollars for Medicaid and the anesthesiologist will get about sixty dollars. How is this considered okay from the government's eyes? The government assumes that they're not paying enough, but that the commercial carriers will end up paying more to make up for the fact that you can't pay your bills with these tiny Medicaid payments. But now they're giving the insurance companies the right to pay similar to what Medicaid pays. How are these systems gonna survive? How, How can you go to a hospital that doesn't have anesthesia what if someone needs to be intubated? What if they need an operation? We're we're hurting the institutions that have been with us throughout the years to provide quality care. And yes, does someone get a bill every now and then that they don't like? They do. We would love to never send a bill to a patient ever. Take the patients completely out of it. But the insurance companies find ways. Do you know that so there's a form that that people sign when they come to their doctor's offices it's called an assignment of benefits form and this form says all the benefits that I should be getting we want the doctors to be getting them we want the doctor to be getting that and what are the benefits it's the payment they sign this form we send it to the insurance company and we tell them patient has signed this form any checks that you are going to disperse for the services that we provide send them to us instead but instead what do they do an empire blue cross is the biggest offender they send checks to the patients so the patients end up with these checks and sometimes they keep them and go on a vacation or buy something with them and what's the doctor supposed to do then go after patients sue patients for money then they look bad there was a lawsuit out uh in california there was a drug rehab facility that was getting all of their payments were going to the patients. Patients were getting checks of a hundred, $150,000. What do you think an addict can do with a check of $150,000 that's made out to their name? They were cashing it. They were using the money and the facility that was taking, that was taking care of their medical needs for their drug rehabilitation was not getting paid. But these insurance companies do it all the time. They send the money directly to the patient, even though they sign these forms that said, don't send us the money, send it to the doctors. And the reason they do that, and we've had these negotiations, let's say we bill $10,000 and the insurance company doesn't want to pay 10,000. They call us up and they say, let's negotiate. We'll give you five, but we'll send the check straight to you instead of to the patient. It's, it's like a scare tactic because if we send it to the patient, you may never get it. This is this is the world we live in, where doctors and physicians are and, and healthcare practitioners are providing services, not asking for any money up front. And then you're gonna come back and threaten us that you're gonna send the check to a patient instead of to us, and you may never see that money. It's just, it's such a weird environment we live in. Can you imagine if this happened with your car? You get into a car accident and you bring it to the body shop and the body shop goes, they fix your car, you take your car, you drive it, you get a check from the insurance company, you tell the the body shop, sorry, I'm not giving you that money. That, That wouldn't stand.
1: Well, doctor, as you're talking, I can see behind the scenes that they're just paying off the people to kind of keep them happy. But fleecing the doctors going after directly the doctors to intimidate you like you said uh scare tactics but also dip into your livelihoods because it's it's there's a lot of education and i know that some of my clients they're married and in their 50s and still paying off their college debt as -hmm. well uh, doing what they love to do So do you think the government is doing this, the Biden administration is doing this on purpose to go after the doctors themselves?
2: Yes, I think that that by hurting the private independent doctors, that'll force more doctors to become of multi conglomerate healthcare industries in which you don't just have one hospital, you have 12 hospitals in a healthcare system. And these healthcare systems they trade patients as commodities. They call them patient lives. And how many patient lives do you service in a certain area? Oh, you have 150,000 patient lives. Okay. The insurance companies will now take your 150,000 patient lives and they will negotiate with the large institutions, uh, multi regional institutions, for different rates that they would give to an independent practice who only five doctors in the practice, that only covers a certain small geographic location. This push is to kind of move the the independent practitioners out of this space so that eventually socialized healthcare that's pushed towards tertiary care centers, which are large uh, hospital systems, that's the push to get rid of the independent doctor so that they can, what they think is control the cost of medicine through a socialized system in which you get paid for what they call value-based medicine instead of point-of-care uh, point medicine or, uh, or what they call uh um, fee-for-service. Now, value-based medicine is a complete misnomer because all value-based medicine means is that insurance companies are going to pay you very little money and then if you meet certain criteria at the end of every quarter then they'll give you almost like a bonus check for checking the boxes now that checking the boxes it's not necessarily equivalent to good care it Mm -hmm. just means that it's like the kids of today we're not training to be independent thinkers we're training them to take tests to, to go online and figure out how to take a test and do well on a test without knowing any of the content. That's what's going on now with this value-based care in medicine. It doesn't mean they give better care. It just means that the value is not for the patient. The value is for the insurance company. It's it's the wrong value. Unbelievable. Doctor, we're uh,
0: we're uh, we're overtime. Uh, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. We've been speaking to Doctor General Doctor Daniel Huller. And by the way, how do we follow you and what's going on with the lawsuit?
2: Would you have a website? Yes, so we have a nonprofit organization that's aimed at uh at in at educating the public on what's going on currently and what they have to lose. It's called realheroes.org and we encourage you to go to the site, take a look, do some of your own research and contact your legislators, your elected representatives and tell them that we want uh, we want our physicians to be able to take care of us. We don't want restrictions, and we certainly don't want the insurance companies pocketing all of our premiums and not paying out what they're supposed to pay for the contract and the services that we expect when we pay them these premiums.
0: Dr. Uh, thank you for joining us today, and we're going to have you back on soon just thank to get you. an update. Thank,
1: thank you so
2: you much. Well. Take care. Bye.
1: Moms Across America, thanks for joining us. And remember, like Vicki always says, you are America. Take care now. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for joining us today. And we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to BWRadioNetwork.com. That's BWRadioNetwork.com.
2: And give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.